The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, it's no secret that there are scammers everywhere you turn. Uh, scammers are creating fake reviews on products and services to entice people to buy them. And we thought you should know what to watch out for when you're buying online. Now, to give us some tips on how to avoid being scammed by an online review is consumer columnist with the Irish Independent and presenter of the home show on News Talk, Sinead Ryan. Sinead, good morning. Morning, Pat. Now, how much do people depend on reviews, do you think, when they decide to shop with site A or site B? Well, to a huge extent, by all accounts, and I suppose there's a demographic here with regard to age, and the younger you are, the more likely you are to be online and perhaps to be influenced by famous people uh, promoting one thing or another. The World Economic Forum issued a report just last week which showed that fake reviews influenced 152 billion uh, dollars worth of spending uh, in 2021 across the globe. And look, it's okay when it's makeup or clothes or something like that. Well, then, you know, you've only yourself to blame, maybe, or, or it's a kind of a purchase that is a cheap lesson. But Pat, when it comes to things like healthcare supplements, weight loss pills, doctors, surgeries and clinics, it can really get quite serious. And when you have people popping up uh, to review it, famous or otherwise, uh, fake reviews are not really uh, allowed. They're not permitted across a lot of countries and a lot of laws, including our own. And yet it happens all of the time. Okay, now let's start with the influencers. Um, I mean, it's extraordinary the number of uh, kids in secondary school. What do you want to be when you leave school? I want to be an influencer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is somebody with no life experience going to set themselves up as someone with life experience to Mm. recommend all sorts of things. And look, in a lot of cases, this comes down to fame's fame for fame's sake. You know, these people, a lot of them, they don't do anything. They're not actors. They're not singers. They're not anything skilled uh, or or maybe uh, qualified, but they just are and they exist. And sometimes it turns out that that's enough. And there are lots and lots of influencers out there who claim they've tried this product, a face cream or, you know, these flip flops that they can't do without or some hair product. Uh, and it turns out, of course, they're being paid to promote it. Now, the Public Relations Institute have a set of quite strong guidelines on social media influencers, you know, but it tends to be targeted at the publication. So News Talk or the Irish Independent or Facebook are not supposed to pay for allow uh, ads or advertising content without stating it as such. And and in truth, they usually do. Uh, But it's unethical and illegal to pay for space or endorsement or positive comment without it being clearly labelled. That's under the Consumer Protection Act 2007. So you'll find sometimes, and it's notable, say, on platforms like Instagram or TikTok, the influencer will put hashtag ad or hashtag SP. SP stands for sponsored content. And that's supposed to alert somebody watching it. Look, I've been paid to say this product is fantastic and it's wonderful. The problem is that very often, even when they do do a patch, it's it's contained in a hundred hashtags that they mm. list, like summer vibes and cool air and shoes and whatever. And then somewhere in the middle, it'll say uh, hashtag ad. Okay. And now, what are they obliged inside. to do? Are they obliged uh, by law to put some warning up? Well, the law says that they can't mislead. So, uh, like, that's kind of a grey area because they may turn up and say, I have tried this face cream. It's absolutely fantastic. 
and I'm being paid to say so. And and that is a grey area because if they try if they haven't tried it and they're just being bummed money to influence something, that's not allowed. But if they have tried and said, Ah, do you know what, it's not bad, it's not gonna harm anybody, I'll put up this post and get paid five thousand quid to say it's mm. fantastic instead of it's okay. Like it is a grey area and it yeah. is very difficult and it puts the onus back on the consumer, which I don't like to see. But this business of posting up the hashtag, uh, which indicates that it's paid for, uh, are they obliged to do that in law? They're obliged in in Ireland to do that. But a lot of this stuff you're buying um, from outside the country, you're buying from member states maybe that that aren't in the EU, uh, from the UK, from America, from Australia, places like that. Uh, And there aren't the same guidelines uh, in all cases. I mean, for instance, uh, UK Which, which is a consumer uh, body, did a survey uh, recently which showed that there's a German company selling a thousand reviews for €10,000 for Amazon products. So if you're selling something, uh, you you have a product, doesn't matter what it is, a pen, and you say, it's the best pen I've ever tried. It's absolutely amazing. It does it does so much more than a pen would normally do. You can buy a thousand five-star reviews and pop them up against your post. Yeah. Now, look, companies like Amazon, Meta, you know, are trying to cut down on these. Trustpilot removed two and a half million fake reviews last year off its website. But it's hard to get on top of it. Sure. Um, the business of the influencer, though, suppose you buy that face cream and you end up with a rash. Um, has anyone sued an influencer? Because the influencers are, in effect, identified. You know, I am whoever I say I am. I'm Joe Bloggs. I am an influencer and I'm pushing makeup or whatever. Um, whereas TikTok and the other platforms will say, we're not publishers not our fault. Yeah. We're we're only platforms, but the individuals who are pushing the phony line, the fake recommendation, they are people identifiable and therefore suable. Indeed, but I think what you find is when you go to sue them, uh, the courts will take a different view. They'll say that they acted as a kind of um, an agent or an advertising channel, but in fact, the person you have to sue is the company which manufactured the product. So the more that you have, that's a a very odd thing for the court to say. If Joe Bloggs says this face cream is absolutely terrific and 20 people end up with a rash. I mean, Joe Bloggs is saying that, too. So maybe it should be joint and severally liable. Do you know what I mean? That both are responsible. And the one who's going to run scared is maybe the Joe Bloggs because the big company can hire all the lawyers they like. But Joe Bloggs, I mean, you could just simply take him to the small claims court. And if you'd get enough three grands out of the small claims court, you'll pretty soon put the influencer either out of business or on message. And I think it would be it would be good to see some cases like that arising because where you have influencers who are paid to say something that may or may not be true. And remember, lots of influencers past will have tried the product that they are supposedly advertising or sponsoring and say, it worked for me. It's fine. I took the bona fides of this company that said this face cream was absolutely fantastic. I tried it myself. Nothing happened. You tried it. You got green skin or came out in spots. That's not my problem. And it is the burden of proof always on the consumer. And I don't like it's just insidious. And I think what really needs to happen is that those 
signs, those notifications have to be far more prominent. You know, on the list of ingredients at the back of foods or yeah. medical products, they put the, the biggest ingredient first uh, so that people can make a determination if they're looking for allergies or things like that. If they apply the same principles to a sponsored content, in other words, sponsored content has to go above headlined, it has to be the first thing you see when you go in and look at a, at a review from an influencer. I think that would help enormously. It doesn't stop you buying the thing, but it makes you understand first and foremost that this person who you look up to because they're a singer or an actor or somebody on Fair City, you can kind of look at that and say, okay, now I'm being, my, my choices are being informed by the fact that this person mm. is paid. And, and I think that would be a great step. Um, finally, Sinead, is there a way when you look at reviews for a hotel or a holiday or whatever it might be, is there a way of kind of discerning grammatically which is the fake and which might be real? Well, the CCPC, the Consumer Protection Commission, says that normally the ones which are fake, so if you go on a website for anything, for a face cream to a hotel, a lot of them will have exclusively five-star reviews because when you punch in the name and you look for the product, they want it to come up with between four and five stars. Otherwise, people don't buy. So if it's exclusively five-star reviews, that just doesn't ring through. There are always going to be people who are unhappy with the service or a product, and they're much more vocal than the people who are happy. So to see if they're authentic reviews, it should have a mix of feedback and a mix of ratings. Uh, so, so that's the first thing, because a lot of those can just be bought. Uh, the second thing is, like, it's just basic research. Now, this, to me, depends on the price. So the more you pay for something, the more you should research into it. Uh, to look at other consumer forums, like Trustpilot, like TripAdvisor, like ones that you kind of, you think ordinary people are feeding into and that you can check. Uh, and take time to read how the reviews are written. So like that, if the language isn't genuine or it looks like a product promotion, they're using advertising terms or it's incredibly glossy and polished that's likely to be a fake review. Uh, and the final thing you can do is to check the reviewer's past posts because there are some reviewers who are professional at it. This is what they do. They are sent out a bunch of products and asked to review them, uh, but only in a positive light. So that person will have reviewed a bunch of other stuff and you'll see similar language, wording, um, you know, kind of sentiment around different products. So it really is just fairly basic stuff, but it's worth taking the time if you're spending a, a good chunk of change on it. All right. On that note, Sinead Ryan, consumer columnist with the Irish Independent and presenter of The Home Show on News Talk. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, one texter says they often put those words or letters in tiny, hard to decipher colours or fonts. So they're there. And, uh, you know, in the letter of the law, the warnings are there. But in fact, most people can't read them or not read them easily. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.